We're going to start recording. Here we go. This is a testing of Zencaster. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. So five, six, seven, and... Oh, no. No, what are you doing? Is that a dance? <laughs> I am truly traumatized. Welcome to another episode of Well Seasoned, the, the podcast. podcast. And this is Stacey Ann Marie Van Horn Doria, CMP. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. And I'm Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, it's still January and we are recording another episode. We're so excited to be back. I know, right? <laughs> We're so excited to be doing this. It's become, I think, one of our favorite times of the week when we sit down and come together and do this. And we're seeing each other on our Zoom, but then we're recording in a different platform. I know, we're trying something new today, too. It's like we're learning all around. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how it goes. We're just experimenting with you and, you we're know, just for all the podcast world to hear. <laughs> well, you know, when our agent slash producer slash editor rocky comes to us and says hey i need you guys to do this what do we do we do it he's like i am tired of <laughs> listening to your crappy sound i was like it is not my fault so we're trying a new thing hopefully this works and hopefully this episode gets out and we're not recording it a second time but today we decided to not talk about the c word yeah we're kind of over it it's still reeling out there but you know yeah, we felt like this is not a podcast on COVID or the effects of COVID or anything like that. So we're taking a little break, as you saw from our last podcast or heard in our last podcast. 2020, are you finished? Are you done? We're done. We're moving on. We're so done. We just don't feel like being heavy. That's all it is. Yeah. So we're going to talk about something that it's a new year. It's, you know, we're trying to be all fresh and clean and start off good. Let's do it. So we're going to talk about um, the end of sales. <laughs> Just stop selling. That's where we're at right now. The reason why we decided to do this is, you know, especially for those like Patrick that's in sales, you have new goals, new quotas, new everything, and you have to reach out to your contacts. But how do you do it in a way that doesn't make you sound like the car salesman? Talking about car salesmen, I was looking to buy a new car and I simply clicked on a site. Oh my goodness, yeah. Within two minutes, I got a call from Dale. <laughs> oh, damn. Hey, hi, I see that you're interested in a new car. Can I help you? I'm like, bruh, I'm just researching. Leave me alone. That just happened on Friday. And between Friday and Friday, I have 13 emails from Dale. And I need him to stop selling because he's annoying the shiitake mushrooms out of me. So stop being salesy. I get for some industries, it is what it is. I'm calling you because of AC or something like that. Okay, maybe that works. Just look at companies like Carvana, different places mm -hmm. like that that are popping up where all of a sudden you don't have to talk to anybody and you can purchase your own vehicle. And then there are some other ones that are haggle free because of the back and forth. Some people aren't comfortable with that. I love going in and negotiating, but some people don't like that. <laughs> I will say that's my favorite. <laughs> so even in a consumer world, the salesiness has stopped. But if you are in the hospitality industry and you're in a sales role, it is based on relationships. That's our point. A good friend of ours that we've mentioned on the show, Shauna Sukau, has actually done sessions on something similar to this about cold calling is dead. 
It is. And that is something that you have to realize. Me as a salesperson, like, I hate it when people call me out of the blue. And it always happens on your busiest day, right? Uh-huh. It's Friday. You thought you had a clear day and you were going to get out a little early that day. And then all of a sudden, a new project comes in or something happens or a client needs a deadline or whatever it is. That's when you pick up the phone and the really tricky ones, you know, you think it's something important. And then all of a sudden you realize it's a sales call and you're like, I can't deal with this right now. I don't want to deal with this. Nobody wants to do business with that person either. You didn't take the time to get to know me. You didn't take the time to even ask me my name. You didn't buy me no flowers. Like you just, hey, so you want to have a car? Let me give you a car. It's like, bruh, no. So in terms of setting your year up right, it's a return to relationships. It shouldn't even be a return based on where we were last year. We discussed this, how now it's not about calling someone for the business. You're calling someone to literally see how they're doing, to make sure that everything's okay, just to catch up on things. It is so important that you build that relationship. In our networking talk and uh, episode that we did, we talked about the fact that Patrick and I did not do business together for the first two years of knowing each other. Because it was just building that relationship. So Patrick, starting from the ground up, getting to know customers, your clients, how do you even start, especially where we are now, where in-person events are so limited, do you find that it's hard to start building those relationships with people? Yes and no. Obviously, it's hard just to meet someone totally new out of the blue, whatever. Not for you. I've seen you do it all the time. (laughs) Well, in the virtual world. Okay. So here's what I will say. In selling, it's all about knowing who that customer is. I over-research. I know enough to where I can go in and I'm not just trying to sell something that's generic to somebody. I know the specifics of what they're looking for. We touched on in the networking podcast episode about going in to places where I might know one person and going into that networking group virtually and then trying to expand my network within Mm -hmm. that where Mm -hmm. I get on and I have a quote unquote advocate there with me. If a client of mine is in a MPI chapter in, let's say, Tennessee, I'll let them know, hey, I'm going to be on whatever. And then they're on and people are like, oh, hey, what's going on with virtual events, whatever. And then they'll introduce me. So it's having that warm receptiveness. I wasn't trying to push somebody. I did a lot of strategy to get to that point, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't just picking up the phone randomly calling. I had a person put in place and I created the situation for that to happen. So the homework is done on the background. Exactly. And they think I'm just randomly there at the right time at the right Mm -hmm. place, but there's a lot of strategy (laughs) on the back end. You're duping people. (laughs) Well, but it's authentic. You have to make them feel like it is truly authentic. But then let me also just stop you there, because when you say feel like it's truly authentic, even though you've gone through and you've done the homework to say, okay, this is the event that I want to go to. This is a person I want to speak to. I need that connector to introduce me. That moment still is authentic, right? Because you're going to have that real conversation that you didn't plan. All of a sudden, you might be talking about your love for pineapples. You might be talking about your love for jerk chicken, whatever it may (laughs) be. I noticed that you inserted the things that you love. Oh, okay. In there, pineapples and jerk chicken and pointed at me. I just wanted to point that out to our listeners. Thank you. Keep going. Okay, I'm sorry. The love for pizza at that brewery at Gulfstream. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. Something for you. So you're talking about that unique item or unique topic, I guess, 
And that conversation is authentic. And that's where the relationship begins. It's not like he's going in there and leading with, I'm Patrick from Media Stage. Let's go back to our networking days. It's not about talking about what you do and your company. We're all sitting in the same networking event. So we all know that basically we do around the same things. That's secondary to getting to know someone. Correct. And so it's really important that you take the time to get to know a person before you try to start selling them. Gaining that new business starts with the new relationships. I find that people tend to go to the same people that they do business with over and over again. Of course, you want repeat clients, but your business is never going to grow if you don't branch out and get to know new people. This is something that my organization talks about all the time. And there's always a pushback on it because immediately when people think you have to get to know new people, the first place they go to is cold calling. And it's a curse. (laughs) You don't have to cold call to get to know new people. We're always put in situations where you can do that. In any business, if you're not actively trying to grow, then they say that you're a dying business. If you're not growing, you're shrinking. And that's so true because let's say that you had a book of business that was plenty for you that you didn't need anymore. But let's say that your biggest client all of a sudden changes or they go into bankruptcy or something happens. Now you have that big gap and you don't have anything to put in there and you have to start that whole process. You actively have to continue no matter what. There are times that as a company, we're completely booked and we have to say to people, hey, we can't do that project or whatever, but thank you so much for thinking about us. And we keep that relationship alive, but we don't just stop networking altogether. Yeah. If we feel like we can't do anything. Right. We continue to build our overall network to where when we do have that opening, they remember us. One other example that I want to give on why building your own personal network is so important, but also how not being a salesy person and overtly pushy, Mm -hmm. not pushy in general, because sometimes you do have to be pushy, but not an overtly in your face pushy person, why that's important. When COVID did hit and we did our pivot to the virtual, and I'll give you money for your swear jar on using the P word, but when all of that happened... All of the clients that we are actively dealing with now came through very strong relationships. Absolutely. Some of which we didn't deal with before. And I'll give you some examples. Obviously, we're working together on this, but there are are other very strong lifetime of the company clients that are sticking with us. There are some of our major, major clients, our biggest clients who ended up going with other people for their virtual, for whatever reason. So we did lose a lot of those. But then those supplier friends that I've had over the years, and this is what I talked about in that networking session. This is a perfect example of why this is so important. Some of my biggest supplier friends in the industry came through for me, either with introductions of other people that were looking for things because they knew what I was doing, or they actually third-partied me under them and brought me in to now increase what their business was. So I added a value back to their business, which they wouldn't have been doing, or they introduced me directly and then I could bring them back in on the back end to help with certain parts of the project. So that is where, as a community, it is so important to have those relationships and really build that base. You just talked upon or touched upon what I was going to ask next, which is how do you promote your business differently? That was a good one. Relying on your partners and your suppliers, doing the third party thing. I think that's really important. Also, it's a lot of work for everyone. We have to look for these different ways to promote ourselves because 
times are different. So I think that's really interesting in making sure you keep those relationships. Even not in the situation that we're in, they, whoever they are, they always say, (laughs) if you're constantly doing things the same way, you're never innovating, you're never changing. The old way is going to die at some point. Yeah. So constantly being open to whatever that new way is. Obviously, with the situation that we're in now, that's really opened things up. And I can give an example of this. We as a company in production, with the exception of two places, we were never an in-house audiovisual company, right? We do have some locations, but it's not like a big hotel kind of thing. We never had those relationships of the hotel. However, because there are certain hotels that we are in so much, the hoteliers do know us. Mm-hmm. We actually ended up partnering with a hotel because they went to their in-house company. And I don't know what the name of their in-house company is because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I don't even know what the four-letter acronym probably is. So they went to their in-house company and they asked them, hey, we want to try to sell our venue space as a turnkey solution, a studio for virtual events, just trying to make any revenue that they could because they're completely dead in the water as far as events. Yeah. That company said that they weren't doing anything because they had laid off that staff in that property. So they then had permission to come to another company and we were the first call and they picked up the call and we said, absolutely, we would love to do it because it expands what we can do as far as a studio, a bigger studio than what we currently had. And then we were able to move into their facility. In doing that, we went in and we said, we're going to be your partners on this. We're going to help promote this as much as you guys are promoting. We're going to push. We're going to bring people in for virtual tours of the space. We're going to do all of this. Lo and behold, after putting out some marketing, their in-house company came back to them and said, hey, we are the exclusive here. And they had to go back and say, "Okay, well, we did bring this to you guys. And we ended up having to change some lingo in our marketing of it. Yeah, yeah. But the same hotel company went back to them and said, by the way, this company that we're dealing with here told us that they were going to help us promote. And they've already brought in five events that have booked. In our 20 years, we've never had you guys bring in a piece of business. So that is a very long example. And I'm sorry that was long winded and drawn out. But my point is, it is an unconventional time that you need to think unconventionally. So if you're a hotelier and you're listening to this podcast, what is a way that you as a hotelier can revamp or rethink how you're doing things? Absolutely. Also, strengthening those relationships and those connections. Use the vendors and the suppliers to your advantage and make it a win-win situation. That's kind of like what AFR did. What Lauren talked about in one of our past podcasts where they're opening up showrooms and they're selling things. They had to swear jar, pivot during these times. Something they never thought they would do is get into furniture sales or decor sales, remember? And so it is really important that everyone remembers that it's okay for change. But I do want to talk about becoming the it, becoming desirable and how you do that. Because I feel like it has a lot to do with your reputation. Mm -hmm. It has a lot to do with you interpersonally. There's many examples of how Patrick has introduced me to someone else And based on his work and his quality and his company, I'm more apt to give the next person more business. But I guess my question is, how do you become desirable today? How do you become that Instagram star (laughs) in the industry? I think that the first thing from a sales perspective is being visible. 
being noticed and how are you noticed in doing this in the current time or even in a regular time is showing up at things, showing up at whatever networking things you can go to, starting to drive that allure of who is this person? I see this person on every single virtual meeting or every in-person meeting and I need to know who that person is. So I would say the first thing is being present, being visible, being there. My social media isn't as good as Lauren Goldberg's, but Lauren Goldberg is a, a social media person and she's constantly popping up on her social media. You cannot go a day without seeing her. Same thing with Mandy Diaz from AFR. There are other examples, and I'm just throwing out those two, but they're constantly in your face. And if they have a show or something, I swear Lauren must have some kind of a radar because Anytime that there's some random talk show or anything that's using a piece of AFR furniture, she does these, hey, look at what I spotted, AFR. So different things like that. So it's constantly on the front of your mind. Another way is what I always preach in networking, having that advocate with you. Because if you go into a situation alone, then you're just that one person, whether it's virtual or in person. But then if you can go in and you have a few people around you, and I'm not talking about being a cliquish standoffish person. What I am talking about is that you're driving that interest of who's this person that everybody's talking to or that the perception is that everybody's talking to. Then all of a sudden you become a magnet. I swear to you, it makes me sound like I'm a narcissist, but it is the truest thing. Why does everybody care about this person? I don't even know this person. Let me go figure out who this is. Right. Because you're that person that everyone's comfortable speaking to. Mm -hmm. If people seem comfortable with you, people seem at ease, they're laughing, they're having a good time, the conversation's deep and everyone is um, good to go, is gravy, then yeah, you're going to be that person, especially in these networking events when you're the only person there and you don't know anyone, you are going to look for that person. So I think that's pretty interesting. In events, it's almost like you look for the calm. You're looking for that person who's super calm. You don't want that person that's extra. I was just having a conversation with EGR. Shout out to EGR. What are they not yet? A A sponsor. sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) We had a situation with another, I guess, uh, vendor. I'm going to call them a vendor. Mary was like, Stacey, you are really calm. You handled the situation well. I'm like, ain't nobody got time to be elevated during an event. You just have to keep it moving. But I always look for that in events because you never want to be that person. So I guess for me, the calm is what I look for. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you are not the calm at that one event, you're all, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's how I hear you. <laughs> Maybe this is a whole different episode, but... As a client, I will say, I have to give her her props. Stacy is one of the calmest people, no matter what is going on during an event. But there are certain clients out there. There are some that I have fired mentally and just they don't exist <laughs> anymore. Never because again. They aren't worth the total nightmarish headache. This is a very open, honest podcast. We all know that client. We all have somebody in our Rolodex that Woo! they are a good client, whatever. And right now you might take them. But in a normal <laughs> world, you're going to say, yeah, that's not my first call or the first person I'm picking up for because they are just a night. So for any of you planners out there, don't be that person. Don't be that. Person. Don't do it. We don't got time for that. Because <laughs> A, it's going to stress you out. B, it's going to make your vendors, I don't want to say hate you, but hate you. And see, you know, just be a good person. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> you're not lying. 
I'm envisioning certain people in my head. You and really I, did. Like, honestly, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sitting here going, ooh, ciao. Like, ooh, goodness. I remember when I, mm, that's another episode. So anyway, yeah. So that's just some of the tips that we have. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to what we've discussed so far and stop selling, but I feel good. You got something on your mind. You got something on no, your mind. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think to hammer our first point back home, be authentic. Be yourself. As I mentioned, you're putting yourself in those situations and making them feel authentic when you're trying to meet somebody. I can't tell you how many times you see a salesperson and it's just so ungenuine. The waitress head nod. Or the waiter voice or the waitress voice. Yeah. And you're like, there's no way that's your real tone of voice. (laughs) So just be authentic. Be yourself. Mm -hmm. Once people see who you are and understand that you're a legit person and they get to know you, the better it will be for the longevity of the relationship. And I know in hotels, it's a little bit different, but you hotel people, you people jump around so much that, you know, you're going to be at another property pretty soon, no matter what. So you guys are going to be jumping around and you're going to want to bring that business with you to your new hotel. So you're going to have repeat business too. But for the most part, strengthen the relationship, build the relationship. And once that happens, if there is business to be had, then it'll happen. If you're a supplier out there, there are so many suppliers that I think do certain things wrong where they look down on or just blow off other suppliers because they're like, oh, I don't have time for that. But those suppliers, they can become your biggest advocates or they can sell you or they can push for you. You never know. You never know. Would you think that an audiovisual company that's a third party that comes into your facility would be able to sell your venue? You'd be so surprised. Right. You'd be so surprised how many times we've pushed for certain hotels because we know that they're A, easier to work with, or B, we know the sales rep there really well and it fits for the group that we've pushed people in those directions. So be open to that. And I guess be a good person. <laughs> yeah, be good. And I guess I'll talk from the planner side or the buyer side of it. My relationships I take with me everywhere. I can say, I've planned events with the same people at multiple companies that I've represented. I can also say that I've held off on contracts to wait for someone to settle into a new job so that I can do business with them. (laughs) And it's because of that relationship. It's because that person is taking the time to get to know you get to know your quirks, your things that you have to have with your company. They've gotten to know your company as well. You don't want to start that over. Kind of like getting a new phone. I hate, oh, I got a new phone, Patrick. It's not a Pixel anymore. Oh, you left the Pixel verse. Is that an iPhone? No, I went to Samsung. Oh. I don't know which one this is though. I think it's a Galaxy. It's not the Note. Oh, okay. We'll talk a little bit later about why you left the Pixel verse because I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I got three cameras. But anyway, it's like getting a new phone because it's annoying to get your contacts over again and your apps over and sign into things that you know you don't know the password to again. It's the same thing with suppliers and we do rely on you and we do cherish that relationship. Some of my suppliers I might not have done business with for a year or two, but we get together Well, you know, when outside was open, we get together and we'll have lunch, we'll hang out, we'll grab a drink, or if we're in an event, we'll just talk, you know, and it's those moments we value because at the end of the day, everyone wants a friend. (laughs) That's my Mr. Rogers corner. (laughs) Stacey's 100% right. 
she knows who she's working with. So she trusts who she's working with. And she's booked venues with the same people, but at different venues because she knows that person and has that good working relationship with that person. You never know. And you never know what the future is going to hold. You don't. So keep those relationships alive. It's time for paprika. Is it smoked? Is it Hungarian? Is it spicy? Is it regular? It's just paprika. Hey, I used some paprika this past weekend. What you use it on or in? So I got a new grill. Right. I remember that. My grill was like 15 years old and awesome. You never sent me the picture, by the way. All right, I'll send it to you. Thank you. But I loved my old grill. It was stainless, lasted for 15 years. Basically, I was trying to get replacement parts and they were done. Yep. So I was like, oh man. And then Paige is like, don't be cheap. Just go get yourself a new one, whatever. <laughs> and so I got a new one and it has a hibachi side on the grill. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. So like the first time out, I was like, all right, we had uh, Paige, myself, the kids, and one of Paige's really good friends who's been with us throughout COVID came over. And so I was like, okay, I'm cooking hamburgers for the kids. And I'm going to cook some backup hamburgers just in case I mess this up. Okay. But then I did on the hibachi side, I did the chicken. Okay. And shrimp. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was a Benihana chef. Oh my God. So I'm out there twirling my things. So I do that. I did the fried rice on the hibachi, added the egg, cooked the egg, chopped it up, put it in, did all this other stuff, whatever. While I'm doing this, I'm like, hey, Paige, we don't have the yum yum sauce that we need from, uh, the hell's a yum-yum sauce? You don't know the yum-yum sauce? Have you ever been to a Benihana? Apparently not. Have you ever been to a hibachi restaurant? Yeah. It's like the pink sauce. Sometimes they call it a shrimp sauce. Depends on where you go. But it's like... A, oh, it's like a, a chili. Like a, like, like a cream like a cream base. Like the mayo base almost. Sauce. I don't know what you're talking about. Go ahead. But it is delicious. Okay. It has paprika in it. So we, we made that with some paprika <laughs> and whatever. And we put it on the rice and oh, it was so good. It was is so Is it like a sweet sauce? Good. Um, no, it's not sweet. Okay. Okay. I just don't know Benihana. But anyway, so I'm out there on the grill by myself and I felt like I, I've been to Benihana way too many times for any of my or listeners out there. Oh, jeez. And I'm doing all of the jokes that I think are so funny. Oh, no. The volcano yeah, and I, all I that. did the volcano, the choo-choo train. I did the egg roll. And I was literally out there by myself drinking some Coronas and I just thought I was the funniest person oh in the world. God. And I just had a good old time, but it ended up delicious. And Paige was like, oh man, how did you, did you look up all these recipes or like, where did you? And I said, no, I said, we've just been to Benihana so many times. I, I've watched them do it right in front of me. I just, <laughs> oh my God. I felt like I was paying for food all these years, but I was really just paying for an education. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's we digress. Let's get into the paprika. That wasn't your paprika. (laughs) (laughs) My paprika about the paprika. Oh my gosh! What else do you have that could possibly be added to that? (laughs) Go ahead, Stacey. Tell us what's been on your mind. What's your paprika this week? I'm gonna pull Patrick. Welcome to Stacey's corner. This is where she discusses her uh, therapy session from yesterday. Oh. Uh, Yeah. So obviously we are huge advocates of mental health. Mm -hmm. And I finally found a 
good therapist that I really like. I'm doing virtual therapy. She's based in Vegas. And yesterday I was speaking to her. And I will say this. One thing about virtual therapy versus in-person therapy, in-person therapy, they make you cry within the first 15 minutes of sitting on that damn couch. They're all, tell me about your childhood. And you're like, there ain't nothing to say. (laughs) Right? Like virtual therapy, they're like, tell you about the childhood. You're like, I'm not having that conversation. Keep it moving. No, I'm not ready about that. Like, you know, like you kind of just, you can brush everything away. Well, yesterday was a conversation about things going on at work. And I kept fixating on one phrase that was said to me. And she was like, why does it matter? Why does it matter so much to you? Someone else said this to you, would it matter? Do you fixate on things like this? What she brought to my attention was, well, one, I suffer from horrible anxiety. I have a lot, a lot of triggers. One of my triggers in that session was she kept asking me the same question over and over. And I had to tell her, no, stop, stop asking me the same damn question. But it was a focus on stepping away from work, stepping away from emails and making the time for yourself. And she's like, you will never be in the right mental space if you don't just allow yourself personal time to do what you love, to relax and to have a mental break. And so my new thing is to really schedule that time because I told her I live by the calendar. And so she's like, well, if you live by the calendar, then you need to start calendaring, <laughs> putting things in the calendar. So everything from midday walks with the dog, getting on my bike, getting my nails done, taking a bath, experimenting with new seasonings and stuff, which I bought new seasonings after that. Have you heard of black fermented garlic? So she was like, what brings you joy? And I guess I'm telling everybody this because we can get in the habit of overworking ourselves, And it's so easy to make that excuse of it has to be done. And if it's not done, then it will never get done. It has to be done by me. And I can't go to bed with these five emails over me. Yes, you can. Right. And so I encourage everyone to take some time and to make sure they're prioritizing their selves. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be money related. You know, a lot of times we're like, I don't have the money to go to a spa or to do this. You don't have to do that. It could simply be just getting out and taking a walk. Like something I'm noticing is I always have music on around me. And recently I've just been wanting no sound, just kind Mm -hmm. of wanting to connect with either just the sound of nature or just with silence. That's interesting. Yeah. And that's been something like I've listened to podcasts even less, which I know sounds weird, but you know, I usually have podcasts on or music on, or I'm not really a big TV person. And I find myself driving for an hour and not even turning on the music. And that's where I'm like, I needed that. I think that's good. I actually used to do that on my commute to work. Mm -hmm. So in the morning I'd listen to talk or the news or whatever on the way in. I'm not a huge music person. But then, you know, at work, you're going, 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 going. And then when I would leave, and this is on like an office day, I would leave and I would be so like taken away by the whole day that I would get in the car and literally I had like a 30 minute commute and I would get all the way home and realize I never even turned the radio on. Yeah. And you're like, huh, that felt good. Exactly. (laughs) I get it. I'm one of those people. I'm not a big TV person at all. Only recently have I been turning on a TV just to kind of watch the events of the day happening. But in terms of television, I'm not that because 
I sit in front of two monitors all day long, you know, working. I don't want that blue light. That's also one of my triggers too. After a while, I can do that. So I just hope that you all are taking the time to prioritize yourselves. And I know that you have children and family and everything. If it means going in the bathroom and sitting there for 15 extra minutes or taking a bath or just sitting outside and looking up at the sky. I hope you do that. You know that you are worthy of that time. Do not say that somebody else deserves it more than you. As they say, put on your mask first, right? So you're worthy of it. And I'm here to let you know that. You're worthy of it. You're worthy of it. (laughs) (laughs) We do need to get you some of these blue light glasses. I do have blue light glasses. Can you tell? Oh, we're like twins. Look at us with our blue light glasses. Oh my gosh. And they're both clear frames. We're twins. Twinning. Yeah, I wear my blue light glasses. If any of you guys are sitting in front of screens all day, I used to get headaches. Oh yeah. It's it's definitely the blue light. So I wear these suckers all the time. People are always like, oh man, I didn't know you wear glasses. And you just got yours from Amazon, right? They're not even prescription. Yeah, I didn't need a prescription. Mine are just, you know, clear, but they're just blue light glasses and they work. Yeah. I noticed my headaches went down. Yeah, for sure. So I do have paprika though. That wasn't your paprika? No, I was just telling you that I cooked with paprika. Oh my gosh, I can't. Okay, what's your paprika? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so guys, my paprika this week, Stacy mentioned about recent events making her watch TV. So I will have to say from a production perspective, if any of you guys watched the recent inaugural concert event that they did after the inauguration i did not wow it was really good it was really well done i'm getting the white house to do events i love it this is not a political thing that i'm saying i'm just letting Mm -hmm. you guys know it was a really really well done concert style event and how they kicked to different people and whatever and some of it was pre-recorded but some of it was very clearly live I was wondering if Tom Hanks parts were actually live until one point when he stumbled on something and maybe they left that into play with us. But I I really felt like his was live, but it was really well done. That's all my paprika. Because of you, I will say I am obsessed. And this is 100% you, Patrick, obsessed with looking at people's lapel mics with their outfits. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, ooh, a white lapel. Ooh, a yellow lapel. (laughs) It's now my new favorite thing to be like, ooh, look at how that detail, that attention to details. (laughs) And that's mostly in a TV production world. And what she's talking about is I think we were watching something together and somebody had on like a yellow. Yellow dress. Yellow dress. And I said, oh, look. She even has the yellow lapel mic. And she's like, oh, I didn't know that the lavalier mic for our listeners. Yeah. She's like, oh, I didn't even know they came in any color other than black. And I was like, yeah, but remember in the 2016 election cycle and they had all those debates and Hillary Clinton was always wearing a white one when she had a white dress on or whatever. So they do come in colors. But in our world, I am, and, and this yeah. in this world of events and whatever for meetings, production companies like us, it doesn't make sense for us to keep all those different colors. But, you know, if they were. But I could special request it if needed, right? Absolutely. I, I don't see why not. I think that is awesome. It's all 100%. Patrick in my head that has me obsessed with looking at that. I'm like, Ooh, that's so nice. That's sexy. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, next week I'm going to have a new tooth. Finally. So you guys had a root canal that they had to like remove my tooth and I have a post there. And it's so stupid because it's literally a screw and I'm always self-conscious of it. And I'm finally getting a tooth. Oh, good. 
I um I've never had a Rudy, but I can't even imagine. I've heard that they're the worst. Stacy and I both have anxiety when it comes to dentist. So this I've never is why had I need one. to move to Reno because this dentist that I have, Dr. Elena, shout out to you in Reno, Nevada, in South Reno, the best dentist ever that I've had. As a matter of fact, thank you for reminding me. I have to get her a cookie bouquet because she is just that great. <laughs> She is so calm with me. Like she was at a different office and she came over to a new office. And like, before I walked in, she let them know, listen, like Stacey has a fear of the dentist. Before we do anything, we talk her through it. I let her know that we stop whenever she wants. Like she's that person. And I'm like, oh my God, I actually went in and did not get numbed. Wow. That's new. And usually I'm on like two volumes, laughing gas, numbing cream. (laughs) Yeah, she's Awesome. Dr. Yelena, I love you, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Want to wrap up? I think that's it. Tell the listeners you love them. Hey, guys, we love you and we want to hear from you. Don't forget our New Year's resolution this year to hear more from our listeners. Send us an email. We will put the email address in the description of this, but it is well seasoned education at gmail.com. Good mail. We love hearing from you. Good mail. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody. Have a great hump day or whenever you're listening to this. And we will see you soon. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Bye. Bye. Episode produced by Patrick Brochu and Stacey Ann Banhorn Doria. Sound editing by Rocky Doria. And song by Dr. Delight. Four, three, two, one. And ending. Wait. New platform. Wait, I took off my glasses. (laughs) Where is... Oh, okay. Bye.